Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Burning It Down Racing Podcast. Today we're going to talk about what went down at New Hampshire and Toledo this weekend with some pretty interesting racing. We're going to preview what's going to be happening at Road America, Michigan this weekend. It's Action Pack Weekend. We've got tons of news to get to today. It's going to be a great episode. And let's jump right into it with talking about what went down at Toledo in the ARCA series. Sam Mayer is going to sweep both ARCA races. He gets his first career win on Friday, and then Saturday night gets his second career win. So Sam Mayer, very good weekend. And then Bad Brad gets back to victory lane at New Hampshire. Two car gets to victory lane. It was a good race, and uh, Brad was really dominant. He had some uh, good starting position. He just ran up front all day. So it was a really good day for the Penske cars to get up front. So, Ben, I'm going to kick it to you. Uh, let's get into some of this news. We have so much action-packed news to happen just from Sunday. Let's kick it off. Tell us kind of what went down. We have some kind of good news and some bad news for some teams. Yeah, starting off, this is probably uh, uh, the biggest news of the, the whole week that has gone on. Uh, Levine Family Racing sold their car. You know, I think I talked about it last podcast that they were rumored. They were looking to sell it, and they officially did. It looks like Spire Motorsports uh, was the highest bidder. Um, so, and this is interesting because this is not going to include any of the cars or the equipment because most of that is actually JGR. So um, that will all go back to JGR, but they will be inheriting all their building and um, I can't remember what the other thing was, but they'll be getting most of all of their stuff from that. So, and it's interesting. Inspire actually looking to change their number this weekend at Michigan. They're going from the 77 to the 74 piloted by Reed Sorensen. Um, so, you know, that could be interesting because that team could go to a two car team and we could see the 77 and 74 come to fruition. Yeah. So the 74 is just a one week thing this week uh, for Spire. It's nice to see Reed Sorensen back behind the wheel. He's definitely, uh, one of those guys, it's always nice to see him racing. But, man, it's just really sad to see this 95 team kind of disperse. And it's because of this COVID-19 pandemic. And uh, it, it, it is very sad because at the end of the day, it's not just a racing team gone, not seeing that car on the track next season. It is a lot of people probably losing their jobs, which is very sad. Uh, but the 95 will run to the end of 2020 with Christopher Bell. And that leads me to think, uh, because there were talkings about maybe Eric Jones going to the 95 with Bell going to the 20. That makes me think that Eric Jones' hot seat just got a little bit hotter because he may not have a job at Gibbs next year because Christopher Bell will be a free agent. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And David Wilson, uh, I think he's the president of TRD uh, for NASCAR, Um he was saying that their plan is to still keep Christopher Bell. They just got to kind of see where it falls. You know, uh, Furniture Row kind of followed the same path as Levine Family Racing. They, I think Levine started uh, 2011. They just worked their way up. I mean, they were a bottom feared team, no sponsors, not every week, barely able to make the show. And I mean, they just grew over the past almost 10 years. Uh, so it's really sad to see them go. You know, Bob Levine is, or Levine, excuse me, was. Really, you know, he put a lot of money in the sport, a lot of dedication, just a really nice guy. I think he had a nice environment over there. Michael McDowell, um, you know, was, I think, did the longest stint there. You know, I, it's just sad to see. You know, these small teams, you know, struggle with the pandemic and just the cost of racing right now is just very expensive with sponsors and 
So, man, kind of tell us about this Choose Cone. We talked about it. We saw it at the All-Star Race. It was something we both said we pretty much liked. And we have some news regarding the Choose Cone and really these drivers getting to choose the lane. Yeah, so they just made it official at Michigan from now on, other than super speedways and road courses. Uh, tracks will have the Choose Cone. Kind of interesting they implemented in the middle of the season, especially with the playoffs coming up. But and I think everybody really enjoyed how it went down at Bristol. I think short tracks are definitely going to benefit from this. So like all-star race, uh, drivers are going to be able to choose what lane that they're going to come for the restart. I believe at the two to go, um, you know, you can maybe pop up in a couple positions. Like we saw in the all-star race, maybe two or three to maybe be not in the preferred lane, but you're going to be ahead of the guy that was going to be in front of you. So I'm excited to see this. I think, at the mile and a half, so this will be really entertaining to see if uh, teammates line up or anything and help get a good push. So, Yeah, same. I want to kind of see uh, more of this and see kind of the strategy that plays into it. So, Ben, this new qualifying formula um, that NASCAR also announced today, it's pretty interesting. You know, we were talking about this before. Uh, it's a formula that's going to make up the starting position, right? You've got... Finishing position from the previous race is going to be weighted 50%, while ranking and team owner point standings are 35%, and the fastest lap from the previous race is 15%. So they're going to take those those uh, three things right there and figure out where these drivers are going to start on the qualifying grid. I personally think this is a pretty stupid thing, to be honest with you. Um, I, I don't like it at all. It doesn't make any sense. Um, I think we should just have qualifying the same day as these races. I don't like it at all. I think it's going to be very confusing for the casual fan or the fan that's never watched before. And this is what we I think we've talked about with NASCAR. The stages were great. The packages are kind of eh. And... It's like they cannot decide if they want to make NASCAR easy or if they want to make it complicated. And this makes NASCAR complicated. I don't even know where you can really say, I mean, how do these percentages even add up? How can you say that the fastest lap from the previous race makes up 15%? Where is it going to put you on the grid? That's what I want to know. Are drivers going to be fluctuating where they start? Or are they going to be kind of where the drawing was, anywhere from the range up or down? I, I think it's pretty interesting, and I I don't like it, though. I think it is uh, definitely going to get a thumbs down from me. What do you think, Ben? I 100% agree because, I mean, this kind of goes back to the choose cone. I love the choose cone. I just maybe don't agree with them implementing it in the middle of the season, especially with the playoffs coming up. And NASCAR said with this qualifying formula that playoff drivers are going to get a little more priority once – uh, the playoffs start. So I, I, I don't like it. I mean, why should, you know, this isn't a, it's only 15%, but why should a lap time that you had from a previous race affect uh, this week's race? It's completely different. I mean, I talked about this before we started recording. Let's say Brendan Poole, uh, you know, the race is at Talladega. Let's say Brendan Poole runs the fastest lap because he's getting a huge draft. He's running like 202 miles an hour or something like that. That's going to go into when let's say they go to Kansas or Texas or whatever the next race is, and that's going to bump up their starting position and maybe at, give them a little more of a boost. I mean, I don't think they will because I think what they're sitting at 32nd, 33rd points, but it can give them this like kind of artificial boost because it's a speed that they don't actually have. I, I, I don't know. It frustrates me because if they're going to 
do this. Just go back to qualifying. Either go back to qualifying or just continue this draw they're doing for the whole season. I want more consistency. So, NASCAR, get your stuff together. We need some consistency, in my opinion. I mean, what formula is this? I mean, how do you go in and say, like, okay, you finished 10th last week, and you're 25th in the points, and you were third fastest lap. Where do you start? <laughs> I mean, where do you even put the, the driver on the grid? Yeah, so is this going to – I know they're getting points for – however this goes, but let's say there's a tiebreaker or it's like some driver has 5.64 points and then another driver has 5.642 or something. Like, you know, what if they tie? Like, how is that going to work? It's just go to qualifying, continue with the, the random draw. And I'd actually really like to see the, if they're going to do the draw, just, you know, eliminate some of the restrictions, split the field in half because you got guys like Ryan Priest, that's a decently competitive car, which who had a really good run at New Hampshire, by the way. He's starting like 32nd. Guys that like, you know, they're not, DG Jordy doesn't have the biggest budget, but he's going to be starting around guys like Brennan Poole, Quinn Hauf, you know, like doesn't deserve to be back there. And that was a good thing about qualifying. Everybody had an equal chance. And now to me, it seems like you're not giving equal opportunity for others. I think they should just go back to the draw. I mean, the draw is a lot more simple than this crap. I yeah. mean, it's just, it, it's, it's pretty crazy to me what, NASCAR wants to do and why they're doing this. But let's move on to uh, some less complicated news. Uh, Brad Keselowski is back at Penske. He resigned with them uh, earlier this week. And supposedly it's a one-year deal. But this is huge for Penske to get their best driver right now on the team and arguably the best driver of all time back uh, on this one-year deal. But... Could be bad for Hendrick Motorsports. What does that mean for the 48? There was so much rumor about Brad going to the 48. He was the next guy. He was the guy that Rick Hendrick wanted. He had driven for uh, Junior Motorsports before in the past. But now he's not going to the 48. He'll be back in the two. So what does that mean? And Ben, you also had said earlier, uh, Hendrick had talked about how they brought a driver in. So it makes me wonder... Uh, who is going to the 48 if it's not Brad? I don't even think Hendrick knows that right now. Um, you know, with Ally, uh, all we know is Ally will be the sponsor for next year. I can't remember if they're going to be beyond 2021. But, you know, this was interesting. I think Brad was going to be my vote for the 48 right now. And, uh, yeah, so apparently Hendrick brought in some, this is per door bumper clear, according to Brett Griffin, uh, the podcast from Dirty Mo Media. Apparently, they had a top-secret meeting with the driver for the 48. Um, you know, nothing is really said. It's all kind of hushed right now. I don't think they really know, but, man, you know, good for Brad. I'm glad to see him back with Penske, but supposedly a one-year deal. So, Bryson, this is going to be interesting because this can mean two different things. Number one, he's waiting for a better deal. Um, just couldn't get the money that he wanted. Or two, does this mean another ride that isn't available now is going to be available in the future, right? So... What do you think about that? So here's what I think right here. I think what is very interesting, I'm going to break down that question you just asked me. I think there's a couple drivers that could go to the 48. And I think you're looking at Ross Chastain with the rumor of Bubba maybe being in the 42 next year. I think Ross Chastain, you've got Corey LaJoy who wrote the note to uh, Mr. Hendrick. I think that would be very interesting. Um, and I also think 
maybe it could be Kyle Larson. We've talked about Kyle Larson maybe to the 14. Talked about that either last week or the week before. So I think it's very interesting for the 48. Brad, on the other hand, being with Penske for one more year, I think that means he may be trying to go to the 48 after another year. Maybe he's going to the 48 and they'll do kind of like a Suarez, right? Put Suarez in the 41 for one year, then Custer came up and they moved Custer into the 41. Or I think this is something I haven't really thought about. Maybe Brad is waiting to see what Joe Gibbs Racing does. Maybe Brad could be the new driver in the 20 car. Think about this. You have Christopher Bell, who is out of a ride. He's a free agent next year because Levine closing down. You have Eric Jones, who maybe they'll give Eric Jones another year. He's had a very underwhelming season. Hasn't lived up to par. He's not in the chase. He needs a win. Maybe they'll let him have another year and wait for Brad uh, to come to maybe the 20 car. And I think uh, Brad knows what he's doing. I think he's a smart guy. And I think he knows that the grass is greener on the other side. Or he may just stay with Penske. Maybe trying to get a one-year deal, see what their plan is. Uh, see if Austin Sendrick is on the way to the two, and we'll see what happens. I, I'm very intrigued because, obviously, I think the 48 is going to be a big domino. And, too, you can look at Clint Boyer. He he still doesn't know his contract situation. He could go over to the 48. I I don't see Kyle Larson as a guy that would end up going to the 48 because he's still very passionate about wanting to run sprint cars, and I don't think Hendrick is going to want him to do that. Um, though I do think that would be a fantastic fit. Um with the crew chiefs they got over there. Um, but, you know, too, like William Byron, is he still going to be at the 24? Alex Bowman, is he still going to be at the 88? I mean, the Hendrick could go through a major shift in the next two years um, and get a lot of young talent in there, and they need a veteran like Brad, or, you know, Jimmy's kind of fallen off, but he's still kind of a veteran for the younger guys. You know, I think Chase is really the, the staple there right now is, is the one guy that's going to be more consistent, so... You know, we're just gonna have to wait until more details come out. I mean, this is this is gonna be a crazy, crazy, silly season for once this season starts to wind down. Ben, what do you think about the point about Gibbs that I made about him going to the twenty car? Do you think uh, that could happen? You know, that's tough because I I feel like JGR is gonna have more of a plan. I think I don't know if they don't. I don't think they want to boot out Eric Jones. I think they like him. He's just not getting the results and. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I just don't see it because I think if they're going to want to keep Crystal Bell around, they might have to start shopping around for another tech alliance. But, you know, after basically two teams had to go under because of it, I just don't know if any more smaller teams are going to be able to do that. And maybe the 96, maybe they'll, you know, you hate to see it, but maybe they'll end up kicking Suarez out and then make the 96 basically a fourth JGR car. So uh, it's it's crazy. I don't know. I mean, we're going to have to see if any more of these drivers start winning too because – that just makes their market value go up even more. So let's move on to our next point. Crew chief changes. Uh, Clint Boyer, for one race, Greg Zipidelli will uh, step in. The Hall of Fame crew chief for Tony Stork. He's helped Chase Briscoe win races. So uh, he'll be in because Clint Boyer's original crew chief was suspended. And Phil Surgeon, the former head engineer on the 42, has been promoted to crew chief for Matt Kenseth for the rest of the season. So uh, that's pretty interesting uh, right there. Ben, Alex LeBay got into some trouble. 
mind telling us about that? And man, what a hard hit for that team. So this is interesting. Again, this kind of goes back to our point about uh, NASCAR not allowing any practice, no qualifying for when they run the Daytona road course. I think ARCA is actually getting a little bit of practice, which, you know, that's a whole nother uh, bucket of balls. But Alex LeBay gets docked 75 points, and Mar- uh, team owner Mario Gosling gets fined $50,000 for violating a private vehicle testing. So here's the story. So, again, they're not able to practice. So um, I think some photos got leaked on Twitter or Reddit of Alex LeBay actually testing at a club event. Uh, I believe those SCCA um, or SVRA. Um, and it looks like originally they just – took an Xfinity, an old Xfinity um, steel body car and was running laps there and they got some practice and, and then the, some more photos came out and it actually looked like it was one of their own Xfinity cars. It looked like the composite body. So NASCAR stepped in, you know, they really laid down a heavy penalty and this is interesting because they are looking to appeal and they thinking they they're going with all guidelines, knowing that they're not allowed to test. So, it's sneaky, and I don't think this appeal is going to go through. I mean, they have pretty good evidence on, uh, you know, not really following this testing rules, which I think it just goes to show not the right decision to be made about no practice. You know, I agree with the point penalty, but I don't agree with the fine for Mario Goslin. Uh, you know, that team's already struggling so much, and you're going to find the team 50000 I think the point penalty, that's very extreme, but – I think it had to be done. Uh, and, you know, I, I hate it for Alex LeBay. I don't want to see that happen, but he broke the rules. And, you know, there's that old saying, you uh, break the rules, you got to learn from your consequences. So, And that's uh, that's the bad thing there. Also, you know, Spencer Davis is going to miss Michigan in the 11 truck uh, due to COVID-19. That's the second driver, right, that has had COVID. And, uh, Jimmy Johnson was the first one. Uh for Spencer Davis. The 11 has withdrawn from the event. Not much to say there, but Spencer Davis will not be uh, driving this week. So, Ben, what did you think about some of the schedule changes for the playoffs? We'll go over the uh, schedule, and then uh, we'll hear what you have to say about that. So, Xfinity Series for the playoffs, they will run Vegas, an additional Talladega race, and the Charlotte Roval. That's the round of 12. In the round of eight, they'll go to Kansas, Texas, and Martinsville. And then for the championship race, the Xfinity Series will be in Phoenix. Then you have for the cup playoff schedule, you'll have a round of 16, Darlington, Richmond, Bristol. How awesome is that? Three really good competitive short tracks. That's going to be fun to see. Round of 12, Vegas, Talladega, and the Roval. Round of eight, Kansas, Texas, Martinsville, and the championship race is Phoenix. So for the trucks, we were talking about how um, they were deciding where to have their next couple of races. Uh, And it turns out that uh, Darlington and Richmond are two of the four. So they're going back to Richmond and Darlington for the first time in a while. And then they'll get Kansas and Texas will also get races there. Ben, what do you think about this? I'm glad to see so many short tracks in the playoffs. Um, It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, and good on NASCAR for uh, looks like they kept a majority of the playoff schedule as it was going to be, but I'm really excited about the trucks going to Darlington. Um, I think we talked about him in one of the previous episodes 
about uh, they haven't been there since about 2011. So I'm very excited about that. Richmond, I think you know that'll be that'll be exciting. But uh, Darlington is just I'm I'm really excited about, it. and I hope that they're going to do throwback schemes. You know, I it's it looks like they only have a couple months to get them together, but that that'd just be great to see. There's a lot of cool old truck schemes. Um, but yeah, no, this stretch, Darlington, Richmond, Bristol, I mean, all kind of right in the, uh, you know, Southern part of the United States, right. Where kind of NASCAR is not too far traveling for the teams. Then they got to make the hike over to Las Vegas after that, but you know, really good stretch. Um, I do kind of wish that the Roval was a little bit later, um, because the last two races with Martinsville and Phoenix, I think if you can make the last three, like three short tracks i think that make the racing a little bit better because i think texas like kansas texas martinsville martinsville is going to be good we know that but kansas was pretty good texas is just i'm, I'm just not a big fan of texas uh, i i don't really think it deserves two races that track surface just still needs to be worn um but you know i, I think it's going to be a good stretch for for the most part well let's head into the rookie rundown we're gonna run it down uh See what the rookies did this week. Cole Custer with an eighth-place finish. Ben, he's really caught fire lately. I mean, Cole Custer all up in the top ten these last couple of weeks. Yeah, you know, it's good for him. I think that win really lit a fire under them. It shows that they can be competitive. And uh, I think if he can heal up this consistency, he might be able to put together a nice run through the first round of the playoffs. So this, the second round might be a little bit harder with the round of 12. But, uh, you know, good for that team. Uh, I think... SHR, other than Harvick, just really hasn't been there. I don't really seen who the second driver is going to be, but uh, you know, good top ten finish for him in New Hampshire. I think he's he actually won his first truck race there back a few years ago. I think he made him the youngest truck series winner in history. Tyler Reddick, another top ten for another rookie. Tyler Reddick in tenth, then got the drop off. Brennan Poole twenty seventh, Christopher Bell twenty eighth. Garrett Smithley, 31st, and John Hunter Nemechek wrecked out 36th. That's pretty much it, man. The rookies, you have Custer and Rennick have definitely been competitive, but the rest have been struggling uh, for sure. And Bell actually was putting together a pretty good race. I think he was running up towards the top five at one point. Uh, I think he blew a tire, if I remember right, at the end of his day early. Um, we saw a couple Tyler Frailers at New Hampshire. That was kind of interesting with, uh, I think, Kenseth, Kyle, I think John Hunter Nemechek was also lost a tire. Uh, Matt Kenseth blew up two in about five or six laps and then went to the garage and they told him to pit. That was kind of funny. Well, Ben, let's get up into the show wrap-up. And uh, I'll let you have the floor first. Who do you have for your ARCA pick this weekend? So ARCA's going to be at Michigan. I'm going with Chandler Smith. Seems to be pretty dominant every time he gets in the car. I'm going with the man, Anthony Alfredo part of the pasta gang and i think it's gonna happen uh in the arca race you know he's definitely probably one of the veterans uh because he's racing the xfinity he's been very competitive in xfinity so alfredo uh is going to be my arca pick at michigan up next we have a truck race uh i am going to go with zane smith he had a really good set of kansas races uh won a couple stages i think he won uh, two or three um i think he's going to get his first win at the big track yeah, I think Zane Smith's a very good pick. Won three stages at Kansas. Uh, he's been on a roll. But Brett Moffitt is my pick. Uh, he actually ran good in the first race, the first uh, truck race. He finished second. So I think Brett Moffitt uh, on this intermediate of Michigan 
will uh, get his first one of the season. I've picked him a couple times. I'm hoping he starts to break through. He's, I, I can't remember if he's won yet this season or not, but I think he needs to start putting together a dominant season. Um, but uh, an Xfinity Series at Road America, one of my favorite tracks on the schedule and just in general. Uh, I'm going to go with Kaz Garal. He will be back in the 21. He's a really good road course racer. I think he starts about sixth. So I think you put together a good race and um, fight up with some of those regulars. I'm picking Austin Sendrick. Won two road course races last year. Has been on a absolute tear since he won Kentucky. Sendrick's my pick. And we have a, a cup race on Saturday and cup race on Sunday. So for the first one, Joey Logano is starting on the pole. He dominated last year uh, at Michigan, and I am going to pick him for the first race. I'm going to pick his teammate. Brad Keselowski keeps it rolling and wins the first race at Michigan. And for the second one, I'm going to go with a guy that really needs to get a win under his belt. One at Michigan a couple of years ago, just edging out Kevin Harvick. Clint Boyer, he's got to get something rolling if he's going to figure out his contract for next year. Yeah, Clint Boyer with Greg Zipidelli. I think that's a good pick. Greg Zipidelli's filled in for Briscoe, and they've won races right away. So I think Clint Boyer would be a... Uh, Interesting, but a good pick. I'm picking Tyler Reddick. Michigan is one of those tracks that you have these winners that don't normally win there, get their wins, right? Brian Vickers, Dale Jr. broke the streak there. And we had a first-time winner not too long ago in Kyle Larson when he held off Chase Elliott. Tyler Reddick's been running very well lately, and I think he finally gets up there and wins the race. And he won the Xfinity Series race last year at Michigan, so uh, I can see him having put a good run together. All right, Bryson. Well, that is going to do it for this episode for us. Uh, we're going to have a lot to recap next week uh, after Michigan um, for all, it looks like four series once again. And uh, make sure to follow us on social media. I'm Neb underscore Nalon on Instagram and Twitter. And Bryson Foster, 259BRY. S-O-N-F-O-S-T-E-R on Instagram. Hopefully we'll have some more silly season news next week and we'll see you guys then.